Being an expert on general automotive knowledge, what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a four barrel carburetor? It is a trick question. Watch this. Because Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing will be four degrees before top dead center. Get ready for another hour of Drive Radio, brought to you by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Got a question for the experts? Then give them a call, 303-477-5600. Now it's time to pop the hood and get our hands dirty. Drive Radio on KLZ 560 The Source. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us. Lines are open, 303-477-5600. Calls will get you right on air. Myself, Larry Unger, answering phones today. Uh, Ken Rackley from Toon Tech helping us answer questions. And Charlie Grimes, our engineer. Warren up in Cheyenne, what's going on, sir? How you doing, brother? We're good. Thanks for calling, man. How's the weather up there today? It's cool. Yeah, it is here, too. It's nice, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I've just been working on chemical tankers. Chemical oh, that's tankers. Always fun. Okay, what kind of chemical? Well, they're different. They're mag or uh, okay. potable water, but they're still into the same category. Sure. Uh, stainless or aluminum? Uh, aluminum. Stainless is a little different. Okay. Nice. But... Uh, yeah, I ran into a little fiasco on uh, AC. Okay, let's hear it. It's pretty. It was pretty funny, brother. <laughs> let's hear it. Now I got the little. I got the little Dodge done just fine. Good. Now the older well truck, and there's nothing wrong with it. Compressor's fine, but it's got the old coolant and the old fittings on it, and I couldn't find anybody up here to do it. The R12. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. I I still have a little R12 left. Yeah, some of us do. I, you know, I I I still have about a half a bottle left. Oh, really? Big bottle. A thirty a thirty, 30 pounder. pounder. Yeah, yeah. I got old cars with R12 still in it that I need yeah. to charge every now and again. Yeah. So yeah. Makes well, sense. the unit, yeah. the unit is still working. It's just not cool. Okay. Right. So. I called Craig, my cousin in Boulder. He said, bring it down, I'll fix it. Yeah, there's a replacement of Freon for R12 now. I think it's called Freeze 12, Warren, that I think most guys have had pretty decent luck with. It's oh, a really? sort of a chemical substitute for R12 if you can't find any R12 anymore, which is really getting hard to find. Ether and propane mix, so if you put it you in and there's a too. flame, they'll, yeah, <laughs> it'll explode. I've but, seen guys you know. put propane in them, too. I, uh, some guys swear by it. I would never do I, that, but some swear yeah, by it. yeah. Well, the one, two, three, four no. will explode too. So, yeah. It's oh well, and that's flammable. the guys. No. You know, real quick, the guys' theory behind you know putting propane in as a substitute for R12, which you know to Ken's point, a lot of the other freons are explosive as well. So these guys are like, well, you know, honestly, at the end of the day, does it really matter? And yeah, they use right. propane and get by with it just fine. Yeah, but yeah. I would personally I, not do that. You're right, exactly. I, have you tried going online and just see if anybody's got any of the cans of R12? No, I'm going to leave it to Craig. Well, tell Craig if he needs any. I have a little warrant, so just let him know that. If you need a little bit, let me know. Yeah. You know, I think he's 
still he does a lot of older units. He probably has some, most likely. I mean, all of us try to pick some up here and there as we can and hang on to it. Yeah. What's the different fittings, John? Oh, because each refrigerant requires a different fitting so you don't get them mixed up. So a right. technician doesn't make a mistake and put, you know, R12 and R134 or R134 and R12 or R1234 or Y. They're all three now different. Yeah, all different fittings. Who came up with that, the EPA? Well, I'm guessing the car man. Well, I would for, say the well, chemical quick, company. That the reason why R12, give, tell everybody the story because most everybody doesn't know this. Most people have no idea. R12 went away because DuPont lost the patent. That everybody came out. In fact, they came up with this huge lobbying campaign, and DuPont really drove this this stigma, which is what it was, that R12 was bad for the environment, which, in fact, it wasn't. They just lost the patent and wanted a new patent so they could make more money. It was a big money-making scheme on the part of DuPont. R12 didn't do anything bad to the environment whatsoever, but because the patent was gone, they needed something to replace it with. So they came up with this entire marketing scam, literally, about how bad R12 was, sold the government on it, and so on. There was a bunch of junk science going into it where everybody you know, was worried about this ozone hole back then. That's why R12 went away warren so dupont was responsible for r12 going away and r1 r134 coming in which they did hold the patent on by the way and so that's that whole story now the different fittings probably came from the actual oem manufacturers themselves on the cars themselves not from dupont yeah and they're, they're well that's good explanation. which really quick for everybody listening i don't want to get into politics and all that i do that during the week but this is a great example of how everybody that says follow the science isn't always correct because that's what dupont was back saying in the they, marketing campaign they put out about r12 they and did it their was own. crap they did their it own. was their own study yeah. and it was garbage yeah yeah and they're the well the brother, biggest marketing yep. lobbying there you yeah. go so that that's the whole story between why r12 why r12 is not there anymore warren it doesn't matter. Those, Anyways. No, you know, you just got to deal with it now. Good to talk with you. You too, Warren. I appreciate it. Take care, man. I appreciate it very much. Go ahead, Ken. Finish that thought. Oh, uh, you know, those, the, it does take less of today's chemical it does. to get a good cooling. It does. But when 134 came out. It was a struggle for a little bit. It was. It was 30% less, but then you went from... You could get 36 degrees out of R12. That was it. You or, could, I mean, or, yeah, out, yes, out of R12. R12. You couldn't get yeah. that out of R134. No, 134, 134 48 That's was right. about. It wasn't as cool. Yeah, now, exactly. they fixed. They yeah. finally got all that fine-tuned yeah. with different componentry and yeah. so on. And after after a few years, they did right. get that dialed in. But, yeah, some of those early R134 units were garbage. Yeah, exactly. They didn't cool for crap. Yeah, and even if you did a retro on they an R12 too. system, I mean, you lose usually lose, so it would be – six to eight degrees warmer that's right than the exactly. r12 system was i mean i remember throwing ice cubes out of my r12 I know. systems i mean I know. they would just be so cold well, my old cars that's exactly the way yeah. they are mm -hmm. it's like being in the studio <laughs> mike <laughs> islands ranch what's going on <laughs> hey mike hey hello um hey i have a scan tool question you on the on the 2007 lincoln uh -huh. town car mm -hmm. uh but ken you mentioned something interesting or you interjected something interesting that i caught and that was on these scanners there's i assume that they give you a code and you said if you've got a good diagnostic guy then that would would help does does this mean and here's the question that there's kind of a, a crib sheet of what the code is and what that code means that comes with the tool and and can you get into the detail of of, okay, you get the tool, but do you get 
some kind of, of way to interpret what that code means. Does it mean a catalyst or does it mean an oxygen sensor or can it mean more than one thing? And you have to kind of go from there to, to a, a whole other set of diagnostic stuff. And, and I, it seems like there's some detail in there that from, from what you interjected in that conversation. Yeah, so, so he was saying that he didn't have any codes on that one. And so what I was saying with the with like our scanner at work and stuff like that, you can actually watch each cylinder fire. So if, if it detects a miss, you know, and if there's a misfire, it'll detect it. Sure. Um, and now the codes that you're talking about, yes, there's usually a definition, but in the scanner, in the in the tool itself, there's no test procedure. So that's where our other information comes in, where we plug that information, that code in, and we can actually go to specific tests for spe- you know testing that p- particular sensor or that particular problem. So, so if people buy a, a code or a scanner, do you get the the uh, instruction book, if you will? No, no. It's kind of like buying a screwdriver. You know, it's yeah. a screwdriver. What exactly are you going right. to use it for? Right. Well, and that's and, where you have to go to. Yeah. In some cases, you know, Mitchell has their website where you can, you know, go there and find information on each car. There's a small fee for that. You can go to the OEM website and buy a subscription there, Mike, and get that information. You know, there are some, I'm not particularly fond of, you know, Haynes and Chilton and some of those guys. They'll have some information, but really it's it's not highly sought after in our world. We want to use the OEM end of things. There are, or there used to be, let me, let me rephrase that. Used to be some of the tool companies, Snap-on and others, would sell you a scan tool, and they would try to put a quote-unquote troubleshooter sort of That's guide exactly built into it, the yeah. scan tool, and that was actually even called the troubleshooter. And I yeah. will be honest with you, Mike, it was garbage. Yeah. Okay. It didn't work it, for crap. Right. Yeah. Well, I just, you know, it sounded to me like you needed a little bit more knowledge sure. than just the scanner. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean... It, the, it, I mean, you the, know, hey, scan- I went and yeah. got a scanner. Now what's it telling me? I got to figure out what it's saying. True. Right. Yeah. yeah that's I right. mean, it, it, yeah, it's it's a tool. I mean, oh. it, it, it's mm-hmm. not a it's not a fix. Yeah. I, I, like, I compared it to a screwdriver because that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. how you use it. If if you have the knowledge on how to use it, it it's a very good tool. Mm-hmm. And, like, and it, but it's not something as easy as a screwdriver. It's not as basic. Correct. So. Oh, but when you buy one, you don't get that knowledge with it. No, nope. you don't. Right. You do not. Yeah. You are correct. Uh, yeah. Hands no, on. No, you, you um, are literally, training. it's, yeah. I don't, how would I just, it's like, I, I guess, Mike, a, a similar uh, example would be, it would be like buying a universal remote control that Got you it. know can control everything in your house electronic electronically speaking wise but then have no instruction manual that comes with it yeah okay because john and, and ken i'm sitting here thinking you know you were talking about scan tools but but what you once you get one as you just said you need to it's it's that's not the end of the game oh no huh? right no you have you need right. to have your instruction manual to figure out what it's telling you right so yeah does, come with it or you like you say you have to go out as you just said john to some of the other places that's right yeah break out okay and 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 that's kind of you know and i I was kind of mentioning that along those lines it's when when you're buying a scan tool what do you need to look at what is your 
what is your knowledge base of what you need to see? So that's where you need to judge that from. Definitely. That makes great sense. Okay, I, yep. I got the details now. Okay. No, great question, yeah. Mike. Great question. I mean, you, you go out and buy an x-ray machine, and what are you looking at? That's right. I don't no. know. It's a great, yeah. it's a great example, yeah, that is. Mike. really yeah. is. Thanks, fellas. Thanks, right. Mike. Thanks. I appreciate it. Another example of that would be a lot of you have digital volt ohm meters. Yeah. And a digital volt ohm meter, depending upon what you're looking at and so on, can give you all sorts of information. But if you don't know what that information actually means yeah. and apply it to what you're even looking at, yeah. well, you, again, the meter is going to give you the specifications of what it's reading at that time. But unless you know how to interpret it, it's of no use. It's like a monkey reading a roadmap. Yeah, right. right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. we'll come right back. Dennis and Lakewood, hang tight. We'll come right back. Drive Radio KLZ 560. Your vehicle's air conditioner should not put out a musty, mildew-like smell. Cabin filter contaminants can cause allergies and compromise airflow volume. Now is the time to take advantage of Geno's Auto Services Cabin Filter Special. For $189, Geno's will replace your cabin filter, clean the evaporator box, and restore efficiency and clean air in your vehicle. Geno's BG Evaporator Cleaning injects foam into your vehicle's evaporator box, which removes mold, pollen, mildew, dust, and bacteria. Since 1983, the team at Geno's has been serving customers all along the front range. To make your life simpler, Geno's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick up when ready. They're AAA-approved, winner of the Napa Gold Certified Auto Award, and located at Bowles and Platte Canyon in Littleton. Check out their excellent Google reviews. Stop in or visit them online at genosautoservice.com. That's Genos with a J. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change BG. comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage. And something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. Some skills you only develop through practice. In October of this year, Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law celebrates 25 years defending both civil and criminal cases. He has earned the tagline, Trial Tested, Trial Ready. In civil cases, such as personal injury, your attorney has the burden of proof to persuade a jury that you deserve a certain sum of money in return for your pain and suffering. However, because only a small percentage of personal injury cases go to trial, most personal injury attorneys do not spend much time in the courtroom over the course of their careers. Kevin Flesh stands apart from the rest because he represents both criminal and civil cases. After an estimated couple hundred jury trials, Kevin has learned how a jury reacts to evidence. He knows how to gauge how much money a jury will likely award in your case. Trial tested, trial ready for 25 years. Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law. Call now for a free consultation. 303-806-8886. Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Hey, 
All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560, line open, 303-477-5600. Myself, Ken Rackley from Tech Automotive, Charlie Grimes, our engineer, and Larry Unger answering phones, of course. Dennis in Lakewood, what's going on? Yeah, John, uh, this is something I've never noticed before, but on my registration, uh, my plates expire in March 31st, okay. and it's got emissions expires January 9th. So, does that mean I have to get another emissions before January 9th? Does it say emission required? No, it no. Okay. The registration, I I had the emissions. Yeah. But it says that it expires January 9th. So coming up, it'll expire in January, and uh, that's kind of weird. So it, no, so it expired January 9th, twenty twenty one, or twenty. Well, it's going to expire in twenty twenty three. So you January just had January ninth. You just but had my it. plates are good till March thirty first. I see what you're saying. So does that mean between January 9th and March thirty first, I'm running illegally? Or no, 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 no. Uh, no. The emission test is just required to renew, renew the plates every other year. So, yeah, right. you're not you're not illegal or anything like that. Oh well, I just wondered. I, I've never noticed that. I guess I never had either. that on there. You know, emissions expires. Well, right. I don't think most do. Well, and and it's funny. Yeah, I'm surprised it says that because. And what what year vehicle is it? It's a uh, 03 Mercury Grand Marquis. Okay. okay, yeah. I mean, the emissions, like if you were to buy a car and had it emission right. tested, they're good for six months in order to register them. So uh, maybe it was, uh, who knows? But uh, Yeah, I've, I guess I've never uh, seen well, that. Well, I've, I've never noticed it before. Right. I, yeah. I've got a 2018, too, which isn't due for emissions. Yeah, but it also has an expiration date for emissions on it. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. I, I, I just, don't know if you guys ever noticed it on your registration or I, what? I've never paid attention. I never have, yeah. Uh, and I, mainly, I think, Dennis, because once you've got plates, that emissions test is really you toss it, it away if you want be, to. It's a should done be deal. good until your plates expire. Yeah, you, and you don't have to I show that think. to anybody. You don't have You're, to keep it in the vehicle. Yeah, there's no, no record. Yeah, a policeman just, is never going to stop you and yeah. ask you to see an emissions, you know, put it certificate. Oh, know That's that. never going to happen. Put it in the recycle bin, and once you get call it, call it good. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I'm not too worried about it, but I I thought, well, what if they stop you between that? Yeah. No issues. Yeah. I'm say, hey, your emissions expired. It'll never come up. Yeah. Well, when they handcuff you and they're hauling you yeah, off, there you you go, be, yeah. be worried then. But yeah, I don't no, think that. Yeah, happen. well, I'm not worried about it that way. I just, <laughs> no, I, I just thought it was kind of funny. Yeah, but, it is you know? funny. Yeah, I don't know even they why would, they well, would put that. Yeah. So, but yeah. No, I'm not really worried about it. I thought sure. maybe you guys knew something about it. Why they did that? I had no idea. Yeah, it just it doesn't make sense because I mean. They, no, have, they have it when they register it, and it's that's all they need for two years. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh well. That that was maybe a silly question. Maybe no, may, no may, good question. Kind of, maybe kind of been it bugging me, you know. No, you're fine, <laughs> Dennis. Thanks. Maybe Thanks. it was good stuff. Maybe it was something that AirCare Colorado wanted them to put on there, so you would You'd go back in and in. get it done before. Well, so you were due in March, and that says in January, so get it done two months prior. So they're not. Uh, who knows? Yeah. No, I don't. That's made up. So. I have no idea. <laughs> right. Conrad, what's going on, man? Hey guys, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? Great show. Great show. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, I had an experience Thursday, and it's, I'm doing the talk, calling you guys because these guys have helped me out. We're awesome. Yeah. Uh, I was driving home from Sterling back up to Evergreen, 
in my F-150 with both of my dogs, and it's like, I don't know, 6 o'clock at night. I'm going to look out mountain right there, you know, on I-70 and start chugging and acting weird. And finally, I got pulled over the side of the road. It could not, would not start. You know, I was thinking all kinds of bad things, like broken timing changes, but at least it cranked and everything was okay. So I called my mechanic up here at Old Garage, Monty uh, Porter in Evergreen. Okay. And he got me hooked up with this, this towing guy. His name is, uh, his name is, uh, he runs the Bear Creek Towing up here. And anyway, he's a great guy. They came over and got me and the dogs over to the shop. And the next day, my did some checking. I thought the fuel pump had gone out because he sprayed ether in the intake to try to get it to start, and it would. It ran a little bit, and we thought we we're gonna, we we're gonna take the fuel tank off. He got to looking around, and one of my fuses was burned out up there in that fuse box in front of the, the engine up on the, where the cowl is for the radiator, and it just wasn't making good contact. So instead of spending eight hundred and some dollars putting in a new pump, you know, between the labor and the pump itself, he's only 75, and is it, these guys are great, this old garage in Evergreen, hmm, okay. and Bear Creek Bear Creek towing up here in, uh, Bear, in Evergreen, too, for people up in this that's area, nice. I just wanted to give them give, yeah. give them a, a uh, shout out, and that's you guys great. know about them. I oh, appreciate that, Conrad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so good show again, guys. Enjoy Thanks, it. man. As always, appreciate you, Conrad, very much. Thanks for that info, by the way, if you're up in that area, and Conrad, if I had something I can get to... Uh, get where I can get those guys involved with the show and stuff. Let me know. I'd be happy to make that happen. Filippi and Golden, what's going on? Hi, Joe. How are you doing? We are doing well. How are you today, sir? Okay. Uh, my bull died again, and uh, I took it to the dealer, and they got 15 error codes for low voltage. Okay. And then they checked my battery, and it was good, and so they said they don't know what's wrong with it. So I'm concerned about it, and I'm going to call the factory rep and see what they can tell me. But anyway, where did you get your jumper box? You said it was real small. Yeah, yeah. you can buy a small one. Napa has their little booster pack. Uh, we, we talk yeah. about them on, on, on the show all the time. Uh, it's it's a, a core automotive. It's a little booster pack. I don't know, size of a couple decks of cards maybe. It's not very big. It works great. Napa has them. automotive. Yeah, it's called uh, Core, you know, Clore, C L O R E, Clore Automotive, and they they've got several different versions of that in that smaller size. Yeah, do you have any thoughts on what's happening with my bolt? So, so yeah, so walk walk me through that again. You took it in, and they said it had what now? I had fifteen error codes for low voltage on the twelve volt battery. And and, and they were all different. And they're not going to put a battery in it, or what are they? What are they doing? Well, there? they tested the battery, and they said the battery is okay. And it, it did it leave you stranded again? Yes, it did. I had to put a, a charger on it. Okay. And charge it up for a while. Okay. And, it, I mean, it, okay. So, question for you: When that happened, and you got back in, was the car on or off? No, it was off. You see, when I okay. talked with you a week or so ago, I made it real careful to car, make sure the car was turned off. Okay, good, good. Well, I, there, there's got to be something going on to where it's either, you know, energizing itself again, something else is coming on, running it down. It, something's got to be going on there, Filippi. I mean, it, it, something's draining the battery. There's no way it's going down on its own. So there's got to be right. something in the system that's, that's coming on that's making it drain. 
Yeah, and the deal, I went to Amex. They were really nice, by the way. Good people. Um, and uh, something's wrong with the car. You yes. Know? That's why I'm going to call the reps, yeah. see what they can I agree. Me. No, yeah, there, there's something. I mean, either either you need to leave it and Emic needs to take it for, you know, a week or two and find out, you know, somebody might even have to drive it, you know, to and from work or whatever to kind of, you know, they're, they're – their EV specialist might have to drive that thing to and from work a little bit to see what's going on. But, yeah, something there is not right. Yeah. Yeah, should not be doing that. That's what I'm going to do. I'll let you know what happens. Yeah, please do. Yeah, I'm curious to know. Please do. Okay, you have a good day, You too, Felipe. Thank you very much. All right, we're halfway through the show. Lines are open, 303-477-5600. Anything you want to talk about, please let us know. Again, 303-477-5600. Had a few text messages and some other uh, emails come in as well, and I will mention some of those as we come back here in just one moment. Myself, Ken Rackley, Tune Tech Automotive. This is KLZ 560. Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Ken's and Leslie distributing your local BG Products distributor. Back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. This week, we're going to get a little controversial. Because, you see, if you're anything like me, when you learn to drive, you learn that when you see a merge or lane ending sign, you should move over as quickly as possible. And all those other knuckleheads flying past you, well, they needed to pay better attention. It turns out that most drivers change lanes too early when they see a merge sign, thus causing a speed differential and a traffic backup. What traffic engineers and experts actually recommend is staying in your lane as long as possible before merging and merging at what they call the zipper point. Thanks a lot, Dad. Studies show that by just merging at the zipper point, traffic delays and backups can be reduced by as much as 40 to 50%. I know, I know, that feels like cutting to the front of the line, but the truth is, it's just the right way to merge. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with BG. We'll talk to you again next week. Novus means innovate, and as the original inventor of windshield repair, Novus Auto Glass continues to stay on the cutting edge of glass repair and replacement. Any vehicle with lane departure technology needs to be recalibrated after a windshield replacement because of the cameras and sensors mounted to your windshield. All of those sensors need to be carefully realigned so your vehicle provides accurate positioning information. And each vehicle manufacturer is different. Most Auto Glass facilities, even the big names, do not have the right tools and equipment to calibrate your windshield. They can only replace the glass, not recalibrate the sensors. Because Novus Auto Glass constantly upgrades to keep pace with the changing industry, the majority of their locations now offer calibrations. Get your windshield replaced and the sensors recalibrated with the inventor of windshield repair. Find Novus Auto Glass now at klzradio.com forward slash glass. Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance offers a rebate program unlike any other. Every year that you don't file a claim, you get a certain percentage of your money back. Just one example of how Paul Lewinberger, the personal insurance agent of John Rush, keeps your rates so low. He rewards his customers for their diligence and responsibility. Paul can also help you strategize about when to file a claim and when to pay out of pocket so you save more money in the long run. You don't want to shop online for insurance because you have no idea what you're buying. You need Paul Lewinberger with American National the No Surprises Insurance Agent. Call 303 
That's 303-662-0789. And ask Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance for details about his unique rebate program for home and auto insurance. Talk to somebody with the expertise to advise you so you get the coverage you expect. You trust the technician who lets you decide. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air will give you at least three options every time. You call an HVAC company because you want qualified advice, not a sales pitch. You don't know enough about air conditioning to fix or install a unit yourself, of course not. So you hire a professional to explain the situation more clearly. Then you decide between good, better, and best based on your budget. A temporary fix will buy you some time for now. A long-term solution will save you more money in the end. Only you can decide what makes the most sense for you right now. So the techs at Absolute Electrical Heating and Air promise to stay in their lane. They will always give you at least three alternatives, along with financing options, to make your home more comfortable on your timeline. Schedule an estimate now at AbsoluteFix.com and get only what you ask for. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. Barber's Foods proudly sells what they feel is the best bratwurst in the nation. Their bratwurst comes from Tim Beeler's fourth-generation pig farm in Iowa, where Tim grows non-GMO-fed Duroc pork, raised without using gestation, crates, or antibiotics. Check out the five-ounce French-cut loin chops, natural hot dogs, baby back ribs, breakfast sausage links, and garlic pepper bacon at barbersfoods.com. If you're looking for great beef, Barber's Foods carries grain-fed Colorado Angus beef in steaks and burgers and an assortment of Wagyu steaks from Dan Morgan's Wagyu Ranch. These all-natural, restaurant-quality steaks are some of the best you'll ever eat. You can pick up your order at the Denver Warehouse near the National Western Center, or Barber's Foods can drop them off to any Denver metro area address. Go to barbersfoods.com and thank you for supporting the Colorado native farm family that owns Barber's Foods. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it very much. The lines are open, 303-477-5600. Any question you've got, we'll do our best to answer it. Myself, Ken Rackley, Tech Automotive. Mark in Lakewood is next. Mark, welcome. Hey, John. Uh, I don't have anything as exciting as Jungle Movie Talk today. but ah, that's all right. Uh, I got a, a code that keeps coming up. Uh, for about a year, and I, I just clear it out because I don't know what the hell it means. And okay. I thought I'd check your knowledge base and see if you knew what it was. Okay, what is it? P1041, control unit 10, latched B plus line high. What kind of car? Yeah, what are we working on? Uh, 06 Dodge Caravan, 3.3 liter. That's typically an e. From what I'm looking up in memory, that's an EGR flow code. Typically, is what that is. So if you're having to reset that, you've most likely got either an EGR that's not working properly, or it's carboned up, it's not flowing correctly. And on that vehicle, that could very well be the case. That's yeah. very common. Yeah, real common for EGR valves to fail, and um, some restriction in the lines too, but not not as common. But typically, an EGR failure. Would that also cause a, a large EVAP leak? Nope. 
Two separate systems. Yep. Okay, so the EVAP doesn't have anything to do with the EGR? No. Nope. No, EGR is exhaust, EVAP is intake on fuel. Yep. Or coming out of the tank and into the intake, but it's on right. the intake side of the of the engine. Probably the best way for me to explain that, where EGR is internal to the engine, it's recirculating the, the exhaust gas. We've had EGRs now since, what, 74 or 5, Ken? I think they were, I even think I remember seeing 60, late 60s okay. even on some. We've had them a long time. Yeah. yeah. Not electronically yeah. controlled like now, but we've had them a long time. Yeah. So I might be able to replace the EGR valve and, and be done with it. I would pull code. it and at least look to see what it looks like. And is there any carbon down in that area? If there's no carbon, then yes, I probably would just go ahead and put a valve in it and call it good. If you look down in there, though, and see a bunch of carbon build up, and it looks like that may be what's keeping the flow down on the EGR itself, you'll have to do some other things. Or you got to get that carbon out of there is my right. point. Yeah. And, and without well, looking, you won't know. This is, this is a flex fuel E85. Would that corn? No, no. Actually, that makes it better. That, that's less carbon, actually. Yeah. Really? Yes. It actually should burn cleaner. Yeah. You huh. just bur burn more of it. Okay. What does this code mean? P1841 control unit 18 transmission transfer case shift motor short circuit to ground. Just what it says. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, that one's pretty self-explanatory. Yep. There's something in the yeah, circuit, circuit or the problem motor. there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Or the motor's yeah, bad. I was, yeah. of, I was afraid it would be that simple job. Yeah. Yeah. It's a. Uh, yeah. short is not simple. <laughs> no, they're not. And that that's that's an interesting one because it's actually telling you for the most part what's wrong you just now got to go find it yeah and, and again it could be short circuiting in the motor itself so the thing on those to always start with is the motor of course yeah i mean now what do you what do you mean by motor the uh, shift uh, motor the motor yeah, there's a shift motor on the transfer case that engages the the different modes in the transfer case yeah huh so instead of, instead of having a lever you know the old days on four-wheel drives we had a lever that came through the floor and you had to jockey that thing around and get it in and out of gear or in and out of the different modes and so on they went away from that, oh gosh, I don't know, some 25, 30 years ago, they started doing electronics on those to, again, in a lot of ways to kind of dummy-proof that, if you would, Mark, because a lot of folks struggled with, you know, what gear were they in? Were they in four-wheel drive? Were they not? I mean, I can't tell you as somebody that worked on four-wheel drives back in that day, you know, how many times somebody would come in and have it in the wrong mode, not know it was there, and so on. So in a lot of ways, they, they really assisted the driver by letting them know what mode it was in with lights on the dash and so on, and they did that electronically, you know, through the, uh, an actual electronic shift motor, on the transfer case. And everybody did that a little bit differently as far as how that actually was activated and worked. And I will tell you that uh, in the early days, Ford had some of the, had, had more problems with those than some of the other manufacturers did because of the way they designed it. Yeah. So there, there's a, there's a motor on the transfer case, it's called a shift motor, and mm -hmm. it has wires coming out of it? Or into well, it? it'll have a plug coming yeah, out of it, right. but it's all internal. It's a motor that works off of a worm gear uh, scenario, if you would. It's a, it is a worm gear, so it's literally a little motor that's turning a, a, a worm on the end of the shaft of the motor itself, forwards or backwards. And it's got like a clock ring, if you would, that's telling it how far to actually turn the shift fork. It's the best way for me to say it. Right. Yeah, exactly. To engage your to engage, drive or yeah. neutral or whatever. Yeah, 
Yeah. And being a, you said it was a Grand Caravan? No, it's an 06 Dodge Caravan CV cargo okay. van. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So It's not a Grand Caravan or a Caravan because I've seen right. you sure. know, yeah. the different okay. kind of parts that they put. Yeah. Even the wheels are different. Right. And do you, do you have the choice of switching four-wheel drive or not, or all-wheel drive or not? It only has front-wheel drive. Okay. Well, if it's got a transfer case code, then... It's got to uh, have something else going on. Right. It, but if it's only front-wheel drive, then there's some kind of module mm-hmm. communication issue there. Right. Um, sorry. And sorry, I, I was thinking it was a transfer I, case I, that's code. That's what I thought, too. Not a, and, it, the transmission code means there's... Yeah, it, it, it's even worse, what, actually, <laughs> diagnostic-wise. Yeah, because that, that circuit's not there. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that's yeah, really I, peculiar. I, I've seen the P0700... Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, uh, transmission control system, mail requests, or circuit malfunction. I've yeah. seen that one before. But they, they come and go. They don't, there's nothing uh, sticking. The no. only thing that really sticks is. No lights come on? Small, small EVAP leak mm. yeah. to a large EVAP leak. And I always smell gas now. Okay. And I don't know where the hell, you, I, don't, I don't know where it's leaking at. Yeah, you'd have to get a smoke, smoke machine, machine on, on there find and, and find that out. And especially if you smell it, you need to get that taken yeah. care of because that that can never be good. And yeah, because I, I mean, I I come back in the morning to the vehicle and I've lost an eighth of a tank. Wow, that could evaporate overnight. Yeah, huh. it could very well be. Yeah, the heat and stuff. Yeah, now, but this time of year. Finally, I mean, that evap system goes from the top of the gas tank, you yep. know, up to the front all the, the, end, all the way to the engine. Uh, yeah, I mean, where, where, you know, what, what is? I, I, I'm just mystified. I could smell it, but I can't pinpoint. Yeah, that, that, yeah. and to Ken's point, that's where a smoke machine has to be put yeah. on it and determine where it's at, exactly. where the leak is. Yeah. How, how does how does smoke smell gas better than me? It you can it see doesn't. it. You see it coming out of the yeah. hole. Yeah. Or the seal or wherever. Yeah. You actually put put smoke. You actually inject smoke. smoke into the system. Yes. Yep. Ah, and then you can see where it's leaking That's out. That's right. Mm-hmm. And the smoke machines are expensive. Yeah. They're not cheap. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Buy two. Uh, yeah, there you go. Just carry one with you. Have one at home. me an arm and a leg to, to do that kind of test, right? The, uh, the, the test would be a lot less than a smoke machine. Yes. So. <laughs> That's the way to look at it. Good one. But you would have it for life if you bought it. So. <laughs> right. And who, who, who do you suggest does a, does, has a good smoke machine? If you're in Lakewood, go over and see Geno's. They can handle that. Yep. Geno's? Where's Geno's? Yeah, Bowles and Platte Canyon, not far from you, just a little west, southwest of you. Oh, that's Littleton. Yep. <coughs> well, that's I'm in the north part of Lakewood. Oh, you're north part. Okay, we just head south. And north part of Lakewood, you could go up to Sierra Arvada West, too. They might be actually closer. You'd have to just kind of map that out, Mark, and see. Either Geno's or Arvada West, one of those two. Okay, so Arvada West has a smoke machine. Yeah, and they can do it there, too. Yep. And what do, you, what do you think they charge for? I have test? no idea. Nope. Not a clue. It just depends on what they need to get in and I have no idea. Out. Yeah, exactly. And no one need to look at it first, even before they can tell you, by the way. Right. I'm, well, at least enough to put at least 10% down on a new machine. There you go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Mark, appreciate that. i got to run. Let's go to the next one before we take our break, which I think is Tom and Littleton. Tom, welcome. What's going on? Gentlemen, I have a unique situation. Let's hear it. I have a 2007 Navigator L that I bought brand new for my lovely bride. Okay. I drove it 198,000 miles. She drove it 198,000 miles. Recently, when you start it first thing in the morning, 
the you heard a little bit of a knock because I was told the oil wasn't getting into the uh, the valves or the injectors. So, you know, uh, Landmark Lincoln told me it could be cam phasers, but it's not real important unless it starts knocking when you drive. So I learned to put in some engine additive into the oil every time I change the oil. I change the oil like, you know, every 5,000 miles. Two weeks ago tomorrow, I go into AutoZone to buy my engine additive. The young man behind the counter says, you don't need engine additive. You need this seafoam spray. I go, I never heard of it. Oh, it's the best thing. It'll clean your engine out. It'll do everything. Just spray it in the manifold. I had him show me where to spray it. I go home. I proceed to do what I'm told. 30 minutes later, I take it out because he wanted me to blow it out. And the car, the RPMs wouldn't go past 3,000. The car was dying at every light. And by and so I went in Monday, told the manager, this doesn't seem right. By Wednesday, my car won't run. Saturday, a week ago Saturday, my mechanic calls me and says, I don't know what you did, but you have a blown engine. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So I've been dealing with AutoZone. They've been somewhat uh, responsive. But I, I would have—I never heard of the product. I would have never bought the product and you know, unless this kid told me. And he's behind the counter. I figure he knows what he's doing. So tell me about seafoam spray and how does it work in a navigator, which had a little... Uh, maybe bad camp phasers. I'll hang up and listen, and uh, okay. I appreciate you. You betcha, Tom. Appreciate it. We'll come back and do that in just one minute. Rex and Broomfield, Paul and Aurora, hang tight. We'll come right back. We'll explain that as soon as we come back. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Most oil changes are the same. Old oil out, new filter, new oil in. It's a routine, a chore on the to-do list. What if your oil change wasn't the same as the rest? What if it was life-changing? BG. A BG oil change can change your life because it comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system, which means a lifetime of peace of mind for you. Find a shop near you at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. BG. No one likes to be that person. You know the one, stuck on the side of the road, busted tire, making everyone slow down to get around them. With Legacy Automotive's new tire sales, you don't have to be that person, ever. Here in our Colorado climate, you might be closer to needing new tires than you think. A bad set of tires can be dangerous and even life-threatening. Tires should be regularly examined for cracks, bulges and blisters, and other signs of wear and tear on your vehicle. The skilled team at Legacy Automotive in Boulder will be able to examine your current set of tires, let you know what they recommend based on what they find, and help you get on the road. Legacy Automotive is a Napa Gold Certified Auto Care Shop and employs ASC Certified Technicians. So don't be that guy, and make an appointment at Legacy Automotive today at 303-396-0555, or visit them online at LegacyAutomotive.com. Legacy Automotive, locally grown auto repair. Hunting down that hard-to-find part for an out-of-the-ordinary car can be quite a time-consuming chore. Unless, of course, you just go around the corner to your local Napa Auto Parts store, where we have over 310,000 parts, all of them made to fit and perform just like the original. 
Yeah, there are people who say it's the journey and not the destination. But those people have never tried to find an alternator for an 82 Fiat on a Saturday. Go to NapaOnline.com for the location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. All right, Drive Radio KLZ 560. And uh, answer Tom's question there. And Tom, if you're still listening, I don't know exactly what happened when you sprayed, you know, the Seafoam makes a spray where you can do a top engine clean and engine needs to be running certain RPM. You would spray this in. I've never used it, by the way. It's not a product that I'm super familiar with. But if it's done correctly, I can't see how that would do any harm to the engine if done correctly so i don't see any issues there i don't see how seafoam would cause an engine to go bad right i guess i'd also want to know what the exact diagnosis of the engine being bad is because the cam phasers did in fact go bad and we've got some issues there that would make it not run Uh, somebody might be telling you at 200k it just needs an engine because of mileage and cost to repair that one and frankly at that point if it's not running well and the cam phasers are bad and so on i'm not sure i disagree with them on that right but i don't know all the details of that if you want to send me an email and give me a little more detail on what's going on. I might be able to help you so I can get a little bit more traction there. Uh, again, just go to drive-radio.com. New website up and running, by the way. You can check everything out there. So if you want to just do that for me, uh, Tom, that would help. Just go to drive-radio.com. Give me a little more details on what's happening. Maybe even send me the estimate of what you're getting so I can kind of follow that along a little better and, and help you through this. Paul and Aurora, you're next. Hi. How you doing, Paul? Good. How are you? Good, sir. I have a question about salvage title. Okay. My wife had a minor accident. I have a 2001 Chevy 2500. Okay. And she ran up over a curb, and this woman has these logs placed out, and it caught the log underneath. She came back off the curb, knocked the street sign down, and I had to go jack the vehicle up to get the log out. Okay. Well, we went through the insurance, and they totaled it. I bought it back. Okay. I've been given two different stories. The guy told me that, uh, I drove it over to DMV to get a, a, a salvage title. And he says, where's the vehicle? I said, it's in the parking lot. I said, well, if I issue this, you can't drive it. But then I called DMV That's and they not said true. no. That's not true. And my question is, do you have to get the repairs done before you get the title? No. Now, on the repairs, it says to make it drivable. It's drivable. It didn't mess up anything under. Yeah, there's a lot of vehicles that would fit what you're talking about, Paul, where just because there's enough damage for the age of the vehicle, it's now going to be, you know, totaled, quote unquote, and still still operable. It just has enough either cosmetic damage or even, you know, some drivetrain damage, things along those lines, but still is a vehicle that's runnable, drivable and so on. And and no, I you, you should be able to get a salvage title and drive it immediately. There there's no issues there. Oh great! The only the only problem is it it ripped a, about a three by three hole in the extended passenger part, and the metal's folded back, so it yep. could cause possibly some exhaust to come. And that's most off. likely why they totaled it. Cause that's a very expensive repair, you know, collision center wise. That's sure. why it's got totaled. By the way, sure. you know that as well as I. Yeah, but uh, if and, and I, what year? I and it's a two thousand one. Yes. Uh, some of those you can buy some floorboard pieces for. I'd have to do some research on that and see, but some of those older trucks, you can actually buy floorboards for them. Patch panel. Yeah, patch well, panel, basically. basically on the flat part. I can get steel and weld that plate on, you know? Sure. True. Mm-hmm. You can do that, yeah. too. The, the patch panels are just easy because they're already they made, formed. Corn, you just yeah. lay them on top, spot weld them in, and away you go. Yeah. 
Okay, so you're saying that if I go to the DMV, turn in the uh, the thing to get a salvage title, it can still be driven? Yes. Okay, great. And by the way, you can buy a patch panel for that for about 75 bucks. It's almost okay. not worth building a piece of sheet metal yourself for that, Paul. <laughs> Take you a day to do it. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you, this one just lays right on top. You kind of cut out the old pieces, lay this on top, spot weld it in, and away you go. And what is that called again? They're called patch panels. Just just look up uh, Chevy truck floorboard for your year, and you'll find them. Okay. Okay, patch panel. It's a patch panel, basically, is what it is. Okay. It's a floor pan. We call them floor pans. That's a technical term for it. Yeah, okay. And they're made. Great. I'm looking at one right now, so they're made. Okay, great. Like your show, listen to you every week. Thank you, Paul. Uh, thanks, we Paul. appreciate that very much. And, yeah, I don't know who's telling you that on the salvage titles because that's not – Correct. Rex and Broomfield, you're next. Yes, uh, good morning. Good morning. I call, uh, call in a reference to the, you made mention about the uh, sounds that you Yes, yes. Car. What's your favorite sound? Like. Yeah. Well, uh, my dad passed away uh, about 10 years ago, and she, he happened to have a uh, one of those Mercedes diesels. Uh-huh. And um, and I used, to work, I used to work for Caterpillar. I'm retired now. And I used to work in all those pre-combustion chamber engines. Really? And, you, you know, yeah, you hear all those rattles. Yeah. The rattling yeah. stuff. Well, his Mercedes did the same thing. That was PC. Okay. And um, and I, uh, when he passed away, I I kind of inherited the, the diesel, but it was sitting in the driveway for a couple of weeks, and actually a couple of months, and uh, I had to charge up the batteries and everything. I never really... Uh, spend much time with him because he was in another state but i started that thing up and it um and all i heard was that rattling rattling clatter 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah. good uh, one it was just, it was music to my ears that's good that's what i'm used to. good uh, one uh, that's what I'm used to all my life you know good explanation like that. rex that's what i was looking for good job yep. yeah yeah so i I enjoyed that. That's it, good. You know, it just woke me up yep. because I, I'm used to it. And then when he his car did that, and unfortunately I wasn't able to hold on to the car. I had to sell it for estate reasons and stuff. But sure. it just, uh, like I said, music to my ears. That's awesome. Yeah, like That's that. awesome. Rex, good one. I appreciate that. One of mine, by the way, I think, especially for a lot of hot rod guys, and uh, you have to know the sound. A lot of you hot rod guys know this, but a flathead Ford, with the exhaust done correctly, open exhaust done correctly, uh, no mufflers or anything, has to be one of the best-sounding vehicles out there. They just have a, a, a sound and a tone. It's unique, and it's cool, and it's old. And when you hear one of those, you you know exactly what it is when you hear it. So, anyways, there's there's another example for you guys. So, yeah. Chuck and Fort Collins, you're next, sir. How are you fellas doing good, today? Good, good Chuck. Yeah. How are you, sir? Wait, I'm, I'm, and real I'm quick, good. Chuck, I got like three minutes, so I'll, I'll, I'll get you going as quick as I can. If we got to go a little longer, I'll carry you over to the top of the hour. But I just want to let you know where we're at. So All we right. got a couple of minutes here. We got to roll here. All right, that's not a problem. It'll probably go into the next. That's fine. Working on an 02 Chevy Avalanche 5.3 L first generation LS. Okay. In a nutshell, it's got a a detonation. Everybody calls it something different. Detonation ping. Same knock, thing. Whatever you want to yeah. call. It. All the same. Right at a, just just before, so about fourteen hundred RPM up to sixteen hundred. It did throw a code in the past, and oh, a P O three two two, I believe it was for knock sensors. Uh-huh. I, 
I do know they're they're they were in they're in the valley pan mm-hmm. and. They apparently get water in them, and they lose ground, and there's problems with them. Mm-hmm. So it made perfect sense to me. So I got everything I needed. I didn't uh, uh, get cheap parts. These are genuine uh, AC Delco parts. Okay. Put Replaced the knock sensors and went ahead and did the oil pressure sender and the cam position sensor since it was clear in the back and you can't get to them without removing that uh, intake manifold, did all of those things, the problem still exists. Did it you, still knocks that. Is it still setting that code, and did you replace the harness also? Yes. Okay. Absolutely, yeah. I don't want to dive into all that without doing all <laughs> Right. <those things. laughs> exactly. You bet. Did. So I, I went ahead and did everything that I knew tearing that apart i even replaced the valley pan gasket and all of that stuff just to make sure that sure. that was all good it sealed it up but it is still doing it no it's not throwing a code currently hmm. but it's making me crazy with that uh that and it's right at around 1500 rpms every time you cannot or if you just uh accelerate going down a normal city street it it knocks like crazy so any suggestions beyond what I've already done to the vehicle? Can you get it to do it uh, just that, you know, static 1500 just sitting there in neutral or dry, or in park? Can you get it to make that noise? It does not when it's not under load. Only under load, huh? So it is definitely a, a knock. Have you... Uh done anything to try to you know not carbon out of that engine have you done any of the you know upper end you know even gm makes a really great upper end uh you know decarbonization you know the engine decarb that gm sells the top engine cleaner by the way is one of the best have you done any of that yet chuck yes i i some time ago after the vehicle was purchased i used a bg product it it uh, and and that wasn't because it's just normal maintenance. Uh, yeah, and, and that's every, that's similar to what we're talking about. Although the actual GM top engine cleaner is something where you have to follow the instructions, you know, explicitly. You actually pour this chemical in. You let the engine actually, you know, starve out and die. You then let it sit overnight. It does its thing. It softens all the carbon up. You start it the next day. And to my knowledge. There's no other product made like it on the market. And if it has carbon in it, which, by the way, would cause huge detonation issues, and it could very well be the case, I think I'd try that before I did anything else, Chuck. Okay. That's, that's a place to, uh, it's an to easy, it's it an easy. Sure. It's an easy try. Right. Exactly. Easy and cheap try. It's got, yep. got 80,000 original miles on it, so it's low mileage. Okay. And as, as far as the rest of it, it gets a... a I've got a couple of cases of a Lucas product uh, that uh, gets every single tank full. I mean, because yeah. I've got the stuff. I go use sure. it. Lucas is a deep well, try, you know, try that. We're running out of time, Chuck, but try that. Let us know how it works. You know, give me a report back either via you know email or the text line, however you want to do it. Give me a, a, a some feedback on that as to how that works or doesn't, and then we can go from there. You know, kind of the next yeah. steps. Bob and Golden has a comment on that salvage title. Eric also has some comments for us. Hang tight, guys. We'll come right back. Top of the hour, Drive Radio, KLZ five sixty. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive radiocom Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com.
Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.